Garden and the Moon is a knowledge center bringing together teachings and insights, experiences and stories, people and beings. Okay, hello everyone. It's nice to be back to the Garden and the Moon uh, podcast channel, um, which is also like a beautiful space for me to invite uh, people who uh, I found really inspiring, people who I call my friends, uh, and people who are doing such um, important work, actually. And um, even as I'm pronouncing the world work uh, i would say it's actually more than that it's almost like a, a mission or like some kind of like a life initiative uh, that they're doing and sharing with the world and um and i think that's why i'm always very excited to share their wisdom and insights with us and today i have the pleasure to have my dear friend uh, jessica menela who i met in uh, napa valley a few years ago and what really connected us is our love for flowers, um, amongst other things like Iyengar yoga and, you know, many other things. <laughs> but when I met Jessica, it just felt like I was at home. And, you know, I, I couldn't really explain why. And then she started to explain me her story and, you know, what she was doing. And then it all came to life and you know the reason was just uh, obvious so I'm not gonna share so much about uh, Jessica because she's gonna be the one introducing herself and what she does and um, and then you know we'll explore from that perspective like some of the things she's been um, you know contemplating some of the questions I may have and um, yeah we are just gonna have a beautiful conversation from there so hello Jessica hi Emily it's so good to see you and to talk to you great so how about uh, you introduce to people um, what you're doing in this world right now sure I'd be happy to so um the quickest way to say it is that I talk to the flowers, as I believe we all do. And my particular way that I do this is through scent and through vibration. I'm trained as a perfumer, perfuming with the natural materials, which means that I've spent a lot of time connecting to the flowers through their scent. But I'm also trained as a flower essence therapist which means that I work with a vibrational piece of the flowers, the part of the flowers that I believe kind of holds what they're here to do on this earth. It's, it's, it's this way that they are able to operate and impact us on a very subtle level. So I'm trained as a flower essence therapist, as a perfumer, and I use the scent and I use the vibrations of the flowers to create products for people that I believe help them to be right where they are with themselves and to be alongside of themselves as they go through each day in this world. Does that make any sense? It does. It totally does. And um, my immediate question, uh, Jessica, is like, how did this all start? 
Like how, how did you get that connection and how were you able to even hear those voices of the flowers like you're describing so beautifully? That's such a great question. You know, I think just like every other child, when I was a kid, I used to play with the flowers and pick the flowers. Um, I love being with children and seeing how they can connect to the flowers and the fairy world that I think exists there. But really where it started for me was probably when I was in my 20s, when I looked around at my family and the people in my family, and not just my immediate family, but my extended family. And I noticed that there was a lot of anxiety, depression, things that I would sort of associate with mental instability. And I got concerned that there was a high likelihood that I was going to actually experience that. And I wanted to find a way to be able to know my mind, be able to know my emotions, and be able to manage them that perhaps wouldn't require me taking any sort of pharmaceuticals. And so I went down a path of discovering what I called non-traditional healing. And, you know, I kind of tried everything. I went to chiropractic, I went to acupuncture, energy healers. And along the way, I got really connected to the scents of the flowers. So for me, it was like, essential oils that I was getting from people. And then I started to recognize that there was this whole part of the world of flowers that wasn't herbal, it wasn't scent, but it was vibrational. And I started buying also the vibrational scents. So the Bach Remedies, Flower Essence Society. And so then I had this combination of essential oils and all these flower essences And, you know, I won't go too detailed into it, but I moved to Napa Valley and I was dating a person who was a winemaker. I'd always loved perfume. I had these essential oils. I had these vibrations. And he said to me, like, when you live in the Napa Valley, you can't have perfume. So I put everything away. I know this is a really long way of sort of giving you this story, but this is really how it happened. And um, I think he felt that. So he introduced me to a woman who taught people how to smell, who was a perfumer and a teacher. And she told me, oh, you know, I teach perfume classes. And I kind of tucked that away. Um, in 2013, I had been working. I stopped working because I wanted to spend time with a friend who was going through the death process. And I decided that while I was doing that, spending time with her, I would also do some things to nourish me. And so I started uh, to study perfumery and flower essences. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. So interesting. And so just so that everyone understands the reason why you couldn't use like perfume in Napa Valley is because they have like a, um, some kind of like rules with the wine, you know, industry to not mix all the, the scents. Is that right? It's a great question. So two reasons. 
number one, when you're in Napa Valley and when you're hanging out with people who are in the wine industry, they tend to have pretty sensitive noses. And most perfumes are synthetic. And people will say they have scent molecules or fragrance molecules. The thing about synthetic perfumes is they are quite prominent. They're there so everyone can smell them. I like to say that they walk into the room before you do and they stay in the room even when you leave. And that's a no-no around people who have a really sensitive nose. So that's the reason why you don't use perfume. Although I really believe that the naturals, if you smell something real, they're really different. Scents that are natural tend to be for the people who are closest to you and yourself. And so I've actually found that the naturals, they work okay around winery professionals. Mm. What I love about that story also is, and I think it's similar in life, that sometimes, you know, like it's the obstacles or it's like the, the, the enableness, you know, to do something that actually forces you to be creative and get to it even more, you know, like on a, from a deeper perspective. And even if you had that, um, you know, um, likeness and fascination, I'd say for the, for the flowers before, like really by not being able to connect with the perfume, you actually connected with it even deeper. Yeah. It's such a really good point. And it's so interesting when you talk about like where, where, are the obstacles in your life that have brought you to where you are today. And I think for me, number one was realizing that there was something I was going to need to do to know my mind and know my emotions so that I could feel safe and stable in this world. The second was that I had a deep love for the flowers and how they smelled and the essential oil format and the perfume format. And I didn't want that to be taken away from me. And then the third has been the opportunity to watch other people's obstacles and how the scent and vibration of the flowers can enable them to actually both feel comfort, even as they're in a difficult time, and also move through things. And I'm just coming to that right now. So thank you for that reflection. Wow. And I would love to talk more about the vibration, the vibration of the flowers, because, you know, um, most people like we, we're used to like smell a flower. We used to look at the flower. Um, we can, you know, maybe sometimes like touch a flower, the texture and all that. But, you know, for for most of us to kind of like connect with the vibration, like how does what does it mean concretely? Like, is it something that you feel in your body when you look at a flower? Is it something that you? It's almost like something you hear. You hear, you know, like a, like a song. Like, is it? Um, I know it's hard to put words in this into this, right? Because it's such like a feeling. But I would love to, to hear your, your perspective on that. Let me try, because I think there are many, many ways we can come at it. And so I might try in a couple different ways. And then perhaps you can reflect back to me some things that I know it'll take me to the next level. So there's the vibration of a plant 
that I think you can actually almost visually see, or at least I can almost visually see. So you might close your eyes and, and just recall a rose, right? Put it in, in your, your mind's eye. And you could think about how it smells. You could think about receiving it. But it's just really, how does it make you feel? Right? And so for me, a rose, two things happen when I'm around roses. One, they are very interested in being adored. And then there's this experience of stopping to smell them and appreciate them. That for me is a vibration back to myself. Like I am stopping to smell this rose. I am adoring this rose, but it's a moment to have that calm and peace in my own heart. Um, another way to think about it might be in the expression of a plant. So a vibration of a plant might be in how it looks. So once again, let's go back to thinking about something. Think about a tree some tree that is like deeply rooted in the earth, but also reaching up into the sky. And how, if you're standing next to that tree, you might feel. So do you feel protected? Do you feel that it has your back? Is it coming up to help you to reach into the things that you're trying to achieve in your life? Is it swaying in the wind? All of those things, those are the vibrations, in my opinion. Um, another way that I might say it is, if you think about how a plant operates in a day, where it shows up and grows, where it volunteers to grow, all of those things define the expression of the plant, it's vibration. And so you ask the question in a couple of ways. You also ask like, oh, is it a message in your head? And that's actually true as well. So I think if you're quiet in nature, nature will speak to you. And you have to suspend your mental judgment to hear it. So you might just be sitting on the earth, there might be a sunflower near you. And you might be listening for what it's trying to tell you. And you just watch what comes through your mind. And I'm not saying every message that comes through your mind is what the flower is trying to tell you. But the more time you spend with the plants, they get a little bit more assertive about talking to you. And so for me, the way that it looks, it's a couple different ways, but one way that it looks is that they'll poke me. So I might be sitting with a friend or a person or a client and, you know, the morning glory will kind of come through over and over again. And she'll sort of do this little gentle poking that is leading me to sort of say, what's going on here? Is this person in need of 
something that she can bring, some medicine she can bring. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. I mean, it's uh, it's fascinating. I think it's it's a gift that you have, you know, to be able to um, take time to sit and receive, you know, the, those deep wisdom from the flowers. And I really, really appreciate what you do because I do feel sometimes that, you know, flowers are a bit neglected in our world, you know, like... Um, of course, you know, people like to buy flowers and make bouquet, but, you know, like all those flowers, plants, trees that are just all around us and we just pass by them, you know, without really like um, noticing them. And I think like your whole work is to do that, actually, to notice them, to uh, take care of them, to embrace them and to, you know... I think also one of the words that comes to mind when I think about you and, and, and your work is really like alchemist, like you're able to transform that, that feeling that you receive into an actual bottle, like healing bottle of flower essence, you know. And um, I think that's, that's really powerful. And I would love to, now that you've, you know, walked us through like that connection with the flower and what you're hearing from them and this poking. I love this idea of like little poking. Then the way I see your, your, you know, your creations is really like making a, a dance of those different vibrations, right? And, and the actual bottle is like a, a, the final result of the dance, right? So, is it also like intuitively that you would marry, you know, like a rose vibration with like, I don't know, like a tulip and maybe like a, maybe like a birch tree or whatever? Like, are this also something that, that you feel intuitively? Is it something that, you know, um, you you had to study in a way you know like to understand like the properties because i feel also what you're doing is so linked to i think one of the things we're moving towards to which is a different kind of creation and medicine and healing that's more intuitive so i hope i know it's a lot of things together but um Actually, in one question, to kind of summarize, like, how do you connect with intuition in your work? Oh, that's a great question. So I will answer that. And then I actually want to go back to talking about how the flowers work with me to put things in the bottle. So how do I connect with intuition? Um, I have a couple of ways that I do it. But what's most important to me is actually that I spend time meditating and watching my mind. And the reason is, and I've learned this over the last couple of years, is there are a couple of different tracks. And it's really easy for me to get caught on the monkey mind track, to get caught on what people will call the dribble and the wheel or the, the constant... Um, Maybe it's anxiety ridden. Maybe it's just judgment voices, the voices that really aren't who we are. And so I meditate because it helps me 
to see those voices and then see that there's something underneath. And it's that practice of getting underneath that allows me to hear the the intuition. Actually, and I think anyone. So I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm special in this. I think it is possible for everyone to connect to that part of themselves and to that part of the world. I think once you begin to be able to hear underneath the chatter in, in the mind, you start to hear a whole set of other things. And I, this may not be relevant, but I have to say one of the things I've been thinking about is I don't use um, any of these psychedelic drugs that people are using to, to hear other parts of their mind. I have no problem with them. They're just not for me, particularly with my mental health focus with my family. But I think I have this fantasy that that's what's happening. They're helping people get underneath it. So I'm not suggesting use, to use them. I'm more saying that actually we can get to this other level of hearing the higher mind, the spirit mind, or the, the, the flowers, the pieces that we're not actually seeing in 3D, but that are also there. Okay, so that's, that's how I do my connection to the flowers intuitively. And if I may say, you know, regarding the, 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 the psychedelics and, and all that, I'm glad you're, you're talking about that, Jessica, because that's, that's something that I've been, you know, hearing more and more and, you know, connecting more and more, like, you know, people from all fields, you know, are now using um, those uh, drugs in, in various ways. And, um, and of course, you know, I respect every path and, but I'm glad that you're also providing an alternative to that. And there's definitely ways uh, for anyone to actually connect to that other part, I mean, other part, like the essence of who they are, basically, we, without, without th those helps, you know, like those, uh, um, yeah, th those other substances. And I actually think there's such Personally, from my personal experience, not using them also, I think there's such beauty in connecting from like, you know, what, like your own path, you know, there's such beauty in like, almost like climbing that mountain, you know, it's like, of course, you're climbing the mountain with no helicopter to bring you on the top. But at, when you're there, it feels really nice. Yes. And so I want to take this to the flowers. And I want to take this to this concept that I have called one small thing. And, and some, you know, you talk about climbing the mountain and it's really, what is that one next step? What is that one small thing? And you talked earlier about how people neglect the flowers. The thing about flowers is they're here no matter what. So I'm not sure that they care and your heart is so big and open that I love that you care for them. However, the one small thing, the one next step on the mountain in life can sometimes just be noticing that there's a tree outside the window. I used to live in New York city and my apartment, my last apartment in the city was in Nolita, 
and it was on the fourth floor. And I had a window that looked at this one tree. And I would meditate in front of that window and just look at that tree. And my whole life, I can think about the different trees or plants that were just like right in front of me. And I think if we just spent a moment seeing the plant that is right in front of you, wherever it is, that one small thing would change us. That's the next step on the mountain. Like I'm looking outside this window and you know that I'm taking this call from a place that I'm not normally in. I needed to get a space so that I could talk to you because I have to do something else later. And there's this beautiful balsam fir that's in a strip mall in California, right outside. And it's ch- it chuckling at me, right? I can see it talking to me. What does he say? Let's ask. You know, what he's saying is, to me, is what I want you to know is that it's okay. We are not sad. The plant world is not sad. It may be struggling just as we are, but it's also just doing what it's supposed to be doing as a tree. And actually, Emily, I think that's for you. Thank you. Going back to this idea of one small thing, I think the thing that I invite everyone to do is to find a plant, any plant, that is either near your home or in your home, it's right outside, wherever it is, and introduce yourself to it. Say hello. You might ask it for support. You might just put your hand on it. If you're feeling brave, you might put your back to the trunk of a tree, if it happens to be a tree, and allow yourself to feel its life, its life force on your spine. Or you might just allow your eyes to drink in the color of a flower that is real or to see the contrast in the greens of different trees and give yourself a moment where you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anywhere. All you need to do is just be with that plant. And I think it gives you an opportunity to stop and be with yourself. Right? Again, it comes back to that one little step. I think we try to do so much, but if we were to kind of bring it back to that one small thing, we would realize that there's like a whole experience in that. And the plants allow you to do that. The other thing I think they allow you to do particularly the flowers, is to recognize that we all have a purpose. And their purpose, season after season, is to just grow. I'll tell you a story, unless I'm going off on too much of a tangent, you can bring me back. But when I moved into the the house that I live in now, 
um, which was about three or four years ago. It's bricked over, so there's not a lot of place for things to grow. There's a magnolia tree in the front, which I was really delighted by. I felt like she was there for me. But we moved in November, and so it wasn't really clear to me what was going to grow in the small boxes that were close to us. And by the time the spring came, a couple of Shasta daisies popped up in a random place. And so they were volunteers. They had, they had come from somewhere else. And I was laughing because Shasta daisy is one of the flowers that I feel quite connected to. On a vibrational level, Shasta daisy is about taking in multiple pieces of information at the same time. It's about being able to handle different pieces of things coming at you and to synthesize them and internalize them. So you can think of the little yellow in the middle of a Shasta daisy and the white petals that come around it. You can envision everything coming together and getting synthesized. Over the course of the last couple of years, as I've lived there, they've taken over the entirety of our boxes. They've kind of walked up the brick path and wherever there's a spot, the Shasta daisies pop out. And I like to think they showed up for me. Maybe it's a fantasy. Maybe they were there before we were there. But they make me happy. They remind me that we are getting so much information and that we often have to take time to synthesize that for ourselves. And that's what we notice if we walk outside and just look at that one flower we encounter immediately. It doesn't have to be a beautiful garden. I mean, it's lovely if you have that. But I guess growing up in Brooklyn, I just sort of realized that the tree on the sidewalk was enough. Yeah, that's that's really true and, and so powerful, actually. And I think that one step is um, is the work, in a way. <laughs> you know, it's the path. It's, you know, the... Um, the divine path actually and on that note of like divinity and um, do you believe in God? That's such a good question I haven't thought about that in a while I believe in spirit I believe that we all come from this one universal force And then in many ways, we are all just an expression of that single being, that single force. So do I believe in God? Do I believe that there's, you know, a guy up in the sky looking down at us? No. Um, do I believe that there are higher beings, ascended masters, guides and guardians? including my own higher self that are there to help guide us through this 
3D world? Absolutely. And do I believe people can connect to that and get guidance for themselves? Absolutely. Um, I think it requires us suspending judgment, suspending this idea of we know what is right and what is true. So yesterday I was talking to a friend and I wasn't doing a great job, but we were talking about how the brain works. And we were talking about how there's this concept that we can see things and know things by how we have had experience with them. So, you know, you might be looking at a white cup, but if you've never seen this thing before, you may not be able to see it. And so I guess that's how I think about our world, right? We probably see 1% of what's actually happening. And so for me, that is spirit. So I believe in spirit. I believe in the higher self. I believe there are guides and guardians working with us. I believe that too. And um, I have to share a story with everyone. Is um, You know, Jessica makes those beautiful perfume um, and also flower essences that are linked to ascended masters or like, you know, special, you know, like... Um, you know, feeling or insights or things like that. And each time I travel and I go to a different country, I bring a, a special one. And this time in Turkey, where I'm in, I brought Raziel. <laughs> and Raziel is such a, you know, there, there's such joy in him. You know, like it's the rainbow colors. It's like... Um, and maybe you can talk more about this, but, but I found that there is really something happening, you know, like when I, when I spray your, your, your creation, Jessica, there is something really happening. And I would love to hear, for example, like, how did you come about the rainbows of, uh, Archangel Raziel? So thank you for saying that. I have a line of wisdom sprays and aura mists. Emily, you help me to uh, name the aura mists. And the wisdom sprays uh, um, and aura mists, they're, they're kind of the same format. So they are scent and flower vibration-based creations. They, um, so they have a smell. They also have a vibration. And as you know, you use them, you can use them in a room, you can use them in your aura. Some people use them on their body. And Raziel was a, came in as a partnership with Melissa Halsey, who I believe has been on this podcast. She is my teacher and she channeled the formula for Archangel Raziel. So she did a meditation and brought in the formula and she gave it to me. And so I took a look at it and it's a combination of essential oils, flower essences. And I don't have the formula in front of me, but I think it may have 
both star elixirs and also gem elixirs. And when I make a formula like this, so when I'm sitting and I'm making it, um, I'm actually asking Raziel to come in. So Archangel Raziel comes out of the Kabbalah. He's a very old Archangel. As you've said, Emily, there's this whole piece of the rainbow light. I actually like to think of him as the one who connects all of our chakras. So, you know, the rainbow of the rainbow chakras. But he'll come in and I'll sort of see, it's almost like this little rainbow experience as we're making it. And I, I ask him, you know, to infuse the spray with his particular being. There's also in that spray, though, a couple of really special plants. So there's quite a lot of the orange plant. She's really bright and happy. Um, there's frankincense in there, which is quite protective. There's cedar. And so for me, I think of that wood as very grounding. And there's clary sage, which as I'm sort of looking at it, I'm asking myself, like, why are you there? And it's showing me uh, creating this um, container. So I actually think the clary sage is also about a container of light. And, you know, it's called divine guidance. So Archangel Raziel, divine guidance. And in order to have divine guidance, right, you have to be in a place where you feel safe. You have to be in a place where you feel centered. And you want to be in a place where you're feeling uplifted, which is what all those scents will do. What's your experience of it? You know, as you're sharing this, I've, I've really been feeling that, you know, like that joy that you were mentioning. Also, I've been doing more work, you know, with the, with the chakras also. Uh, so it's interesting that he's like kind of the guardian of that. And the guidance, I think, is definitely guiding us into sharing this conversation because we've been talking about having this kind of conversation for many years now and somehow it happens, you know, today. Um, I also feel like there is... I've been feeling a, like a strong connection with the olive trees here, um, especially... Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it connects with like the, the ancestor and like that, that past, that wisdom, you know, that, um, that is so important today. Um, and I feel it's bringing that, uh, into the mix a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it's, it's such a, it's, it's such an interesting experience to feel those um, flower essence working differently from different places and perspective. And, and, and that's where I can really say you're, you're doing such unique uh, work, actually. You, you really are. And um, I mean, I know we, we don't have so much more time. I could talk with you for hours and hours. And, um, Maybe my last question for you would be like, what, what is your dream? Do you have any dream these days? So I'm in this process right now of transformation, 
that I didn't expect, uh, and I'm trying to get used to it, in which I am broadening out what I am doing. What does that mean? For the longest time, I would define myself as a perfumer. And I am. I make sense. I make sense that express my emotions, that I hope connect people to their emotions, that tell stories. But as I would go out and teach people how to smell, how to connect to their sense of scent, to smell something real, as I like to say to them, it occurred to me that it wasn't just about smelling pretty things. And I think you've really focused on that as you've asked me questions about the vibrational piece of it. So I've been working on understanding both how big I want this to be and what the one small step is for me. My dream is that people will come on a journey with me and that that journey will be a journey to themselves and that that will happen through scent, through connecting to scent and its connection to memory and emotion, but ultimately that it'll be an opportunity for them to connect to themselves and that I will be able to break it down into those one small steps so that each person can take their journey for themselves uniquely. One of the things that I look at in our world that I find is really hard is how we photocopy things. So we get an idea, we realize people like it, and then we just make photocopies of it over and over and over again. And in that photocopying, it becomes more granular, like grainy, less like the original. But every single flower is unique. Even if it's a rose on a bush next to a rose on a bush next to a rose on a bush, it's unique. And so I want people to be able to really connect to their uniqueness, to understand their uniqueness. And to do that through their scent and sensory connection. And this is my dream. And I have no idea what it's going to look like. But my goal is to take that one next step. You know, Jessica, you're a guide. You're a guide for all of us. Uh, and I guess you're never feeling alone, right? Because you have this army of flowers and trees with you. <laughs> How could you feel alone ever? <laughs> That's right. So I have a request for you. Yes, anything. I would love for you to go and just sit with your back to the trunk. Then maybe stand up and let the, the olive bless your crown chakra. And just ask the olive tree what she has to say. I want to finish with a story, which I think my friend Marla would be okay with me sharing. Marla is a friend of mine who is deeply connected to the plants as well. 
She's a biodynamic farmer. She called me one day and she said, the olive trees are blooming and we need to make the flower essence medicine from them. And I said, okay, make it. And she said, I can't, I'm unable to. Where she was in her life at that moment, she felt she was unable to. And I said, okay, what are we gonna do? She called me the next day and she said, are you going to let these flowers go? They are at their height, it is time. And I said, I can't make the medicine. It's your medicine to make. That's what they're telling me. She was, I think, both frustrated and inspired. And she said, so I have to do this. I said, you, you're, they're here for you to do it. And she went and she did it. And she made the most beautiful olive essence. And she tells the story about how the olives just told me, the olive tree told me, you can't do this. She has to. It was her medicine. So I want you to go figure out. I will. I will. And it touches me so much, Jess, because really I've been feeling something with the olive trees this time that I've never felt before. Okay. I expect to hear back from you. Yes. I, oh, you know me. Okay. I will. I will. And I, I cannot tell you how... Um, grateful I am for this conversation and I'm so happy that you know um, all the people I love and who subscribe to this channel will will hear this and yeah that makes me so happy thank you Jess you're you're an incredible healer and guide and uh, and flower actually you're just a beautiful (laughs) flower Thank you. Thank you. And I love you so much. And I'm so grateful for you to be the very first person that I could talk to about where it's going. And it's going, it's going going broad. I can already feel it. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye.